0: Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Growing Forward Together. My name is Kenita Scripsma, and I'm the founder and CEO of SEMA Global Consulting. We are passionate about transformational coaching, promoting inclusion, and doing workshops to help individuals appreciate their cultural bent and live into their best self. Um, along with that. So if you want to know more about what we do at SEMA Global Consulting, please check out the website at www.semaglobalconsulting.com. I'd love for you to drop me a note through the contact page and we can connect and have a dialogue and who knows, maybe you'll show up on the podcast someday. So I just want to introduce our new topic for today. It is the fourth uh, part in a series of four episodes that we're doing Um, titled Models of Sustainability, and this one is titled Global Sustainability, and um, you'll hear our guests talk a little bit more about how business's mission ties in with global sustainability and her approach and the work that she does. Um, so thank you for joining us. We are, um, we, If you were listening to our podcast before, we did part three, which was our international perspective, and you'll be able to find information and links to that at the blog site where we'll have all of the information from today as well. And um, I hope that you are able to listen to that part one and two were both local and then national and part three was international. And today we're doing global. So super excited for our guest here today. We have um, Dr. Renita Thompson with us, who is currently serving as the president of Discipling Marketplace Leaders, and she holds an MBA as well as a PhD in sustainable development. Renita has lived and worked in West, Central, and East Africa for the past 15 years in business development. She is an adjunct faculty member and several seminaries, of several seminaries and universities. What I'm excited about is Renita is also a friend and someone I have always admired and on occasion have tried to emulate. She is a strong independent leader and influencer whose heart is full of love and compassion for others, and her passion to impact global communities pours out of her quite freely. So welcome, Renita. Thank you for being with us today, and we're excited to hear what you can offer us around the concept of global sustainability and um, just kind of teach us and help us to know how to get more involved. Welcome, Renita. Thank
1: you so much, Canita. It's a pleasure to be with you and just so we are both clear, it's a it's a growing learning path that I don't think yes. we ever arrive. So I'm certainly as well, and uh, and appreciate what you're doing. So thank you. Absolutely.
0: So, Renita, can you tell us, um, you know, let's define sustainability in a real simple way. Um, I My impression of sustainability is it's just the ability to maintain something at a certain rate or a level. And so when we think of sustainability, I personally think of community devel- development. I think of um, organizations that are trying to help our communities be better but then sustain for the long haul right like it's the idea that we don't um just fish give somebody a fish but we teach them how to fish so would you please explain to us a little bit more in your professional opinion um global sustainability what that means in your workplace you know who's your target community and um, or your prime target and the community that you work in
1: okay so um yeah, sustainability is is kind of a slippery one for, for people to define because sure. it can be interpreted so very differently. But from my perspective, a faith-based perspective, um, I would say that it's the, it's the call that we have to help all people flourish. Okay. And so it, it, it is something that needs to go on for the long term. Um, it, it should not be, like you said, the just giving of a fish, uh, the teaching how to fish, but But to teach how to fish in a way that people find joy and they flourish and they understand their role in this this whole ecosystem this whole economic system um, this global system that we are a part of Mm -hmm. and uh, so for for me this this picture of shalom uh, is this great picture of flourishing where everybody is is doing the gifts the work that they have with the gifts that they've been given contributing in a way that they understand how they are contributing and, uh, and that they are not dependent, that they are doing that uh, freely and are, are enjoying the benefits of that.
0: That's fabulous. So can you tell us, um, like when, we, when I spoke with the gentleman about the international model that we did, we came up um, as he was describing it and it became about people helping people. Mm-hmm. And so that was something not necessarily unique to that perspective, but um, can you talk a little bit more about your Primary target group in the community that you serve in, from a global standpoint.
1: Sure, uh, but let me before I do that. Can I give you my? Uh, you asked about about my model, and yeah, there's been a quote that I've held on to for. I've been doing ministry now for about twenty two years, and um, it's from uh, Leo Zu. I don't know if I say his name right, but um, but it, this is the 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 quote. It says, "Go to the people, live among them." Learn from them, love them, start with what they know, build on what they have. But of the best leaders, when their task is accomplished, their work is done, the people all remark, We have done it ourselves. And that to me, is yeah, a model of sustainability. And it's interesting because I didn't even know about a PhD in sustainable development when I latched onto this quote, but it's so perfect because yeah. what it does is it's, it's, understanding that um, it's people helping people in, in a global system, and, mm-hmm. but they're doing it on their own. It's not something that, um, that that others bring to them, but it's helping for them to release uh, their innate abilities and gifts and talents. So wow. uh, so that's something that, that I love. Um, and it, it, I continue to come back to that, recognizing, first of all, God is there mm-hmm. in whatever audience we are addressing. He's already doing his work and we get to join him in that. So absolutely
0: be sure and share that quote with me. If you can email that to me, I'll be sure and put that on the pod on the blog site. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I you know I want to read that quote again. Um, yeah. It's really powerful. And I love how you said, you know, you're already doing the work and you're getting your PhD in it. And you didn't realize that this quote was actually part of the fabric of who you are and how you're serving and how you're doing your work. Um, for me, it was the quote by uh, Gandhi, where he says, be the change you want to see. And I think for me, as I do the work that I'm doing, realizing that, um, yeah, I want to see certain change in, you know, through inclusion and through cultural development and different things and diversity. Um, But in order to do that effectively, we need to see that in ourselves.
1: Right. No, that's that's so important uh, for every person. So what that does, though, Kenita, is it, it leads into uh, one of the primary um, beliefs that I have for a good model of sustainability. Okay. And that is something that we call ABCD. ABCD. Um, ABCD, it's right. D ABCD. And ABCD stands for Asset-Based Community Development. Asset-Based Community Development. And what Asset-Based Community Development or ABC does is it says we have to build on the assets that are already present in every place that we want to go, and uh, I know that uh, that we'll also be talking about what are challenges in sustainability. Yes, we'll and, and a challenge is sometimes you know uh, we want to bring something to the table, we want to have value, we want to make a difference, we want to fix, uh, and ABCD says hold on for a minute before you do any of that, you need to look at what's already there. Um, Who are the people that are there? What are are the treasures that exist in the community? What are the talents that exist in the community? Who are the leaders? Um, And so what it does is it kind of puts the brakes on to say, don't take a needs-based approach uh, in sustainability, take an asset-based approach to really be able to to assess the positives uh, before you go looking for negatives and then get into your, I can fix it.
0: Okay, so when you're talking about asset-based versus need-based, To me, I'm hearing that it pushes back on paternalism, right? So if it's need-based, then someone's coming in, seeing a felt need, fixing it, and leaving. Whereas asset-based suggests, as you're talking about that, what I'm learning is that you go in, you find out what their assets are, what do they already have, and how can we use those resources or those um, sources, if you will, to make their place better.
1: Right. I mean, the, the need-based is what we tend to, to move to very quickly. Um, but, but to take the time to really, and that's why from this, this quote that I gave you, go to the people, live among them, learn from them, love them. That, you know, that takes time. And yeah. it means that you, don't, you, know, you, you can't do this in one trip. You can't do this in a weekend. You can't do this in a workshop. Uh, this is about really discovering who is around you and, and uh, allowing them uh, to To feel open and free enough to, to also uh, begin to, to expose who they are and, and what God has gifted them with. So that's a, uh, for me, that's a key component. Um, and then I would say also um, it then ties into, in terms of a healthy model of sustainability, uh, we believe it's critical that uh, true uh, work that is sustainable has to look at outcomes and impact. And uh, too often we look at activities mm. and our outputs. Sure. So we feel good about doing this or that, um, and but we don't really take the time to measure what is the actual impact that's happening. What belief or behavior changes are we seeing that are positive for the community? Um, so for me, a, a good model of sustainability has ABCD woven into it. But then is also willing to spend the time and the, the resources to say, we're not just doing activity for activity's sake, but we need to see it's about transformation. Okay. Sustainability yeah. Sustainability is about seeing people flourish. And that flourishing is a part of a transformative process in a world that tends to just beat people down. Yeah. Um, and so if we want to be able to know that it's sustainable, uh, we have to be, able, to, when the activities stop, that... behavior and the belief changes continue because it's been internalized and it's being uh, practiced by by the people that you're with
0: which then brings you know you full circle a little bit with your comment earlier that said um that it's long-term work right if it's need-based then the need is met and people can move on and it's kind of a one and done if you will and when that building falls apart again, you go back and you fix it and you paint it and you clean it up and then you leave again.
1: Right.
0: Whereas what you're saying at the long-term asset-based community development says now you've helped them find what resources they have and they can continue that work. So if it happens again, they have this well-oiled machine um, to kind of keep them moving forward.
1: Right. It's and so not, it's, I mean, it's a, a large difference between relief and development, right? Okay. Right. And so you define that a little somebody bit. Somebody has an earthquake. Oh, yes, there's an earthquake in Haiti and, and people rush in with resources. That's relief. There is a crisis that happened and, and we need to respond to love our neighbor by helping sure. The danger comes in when we keep on giving free things, when we keep on giving things that, that the people in Haiti are able to do for themselves. So mm-hmm. it's understanding, having the maturity to say the, the relief goes for a little bit. And then we need to go back to development very quickly, or it does create dependency and all sorts of other problems that paternalism, like you said, comes in. And uh, that's actually what happened in Haiti after the earthquake. They had so much in terms of donations, it destroyed businesses. Oh, man. Wow. And so much was given to NGOs that they, they had to keep giving out free things because they had a donor, you know, donors that gave and they had an obligation and it really destroyed business. So relief has a place, but it yeah. should be short-term fast and then stop and go back to development.
0: Okay, that's really helpful. Um, I'm remembering a story and I don't know if some of you, that something that you had shared over the years or someone else shared the story of um, a particular organization that was struggling with the situation in their country and a, a group of well-meaning folks went from here to help them um, find relief with that situation um, and then had done that a few times. And then all of a sudden, um, one day, the, the people in that country had called and said, hey, you need to come fix your building because it broke again, you know? And it was one of those things it was like, wow, okay. I think that relief kept being relief and never switched over to development. Um, and the belief in the minds of the folks that were in that other country started to, you know, form in such a way that said, this is your building because you keep coming back to fix it. So you need to come back and fix it because it's your building. <laughs>
1: Right. No. And
0: you're saying no. Teach people to appreciate what they have and how they can um, steward it in the spaces that they are.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. And and that type of thing happens over and over and sure. over. Again. Uh, and you know it it is it's a dance to some degree. Um, sure. It's a, you know, how do, somebody needs water, and so you help to put a well in, that's a good thing. Uh, but that well needs to be owned by the community and, and kept up by the community. And yeah. um, and then you have challenges of, of poverty and, and where do we put our, our resources? How do we, you know, so it, it's complex. yeah uh, And I don't mean to imply that it's it's simple, uh, but it is a bit of a dance in terms of, of, of holding hands to some degree, but then also letting go of those hands when the, when the time is right and and appropriate. And, um, uh, but even that sounds a little paternalistic. Yeah. Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think that's right. It is very complex. And this podcast would be like four hours long, you know, to get all those details out there. But I think what, um, our listeners need to hear that it's not right or wrong to just do relief or do development, uh, but do something. Right? Get, get engaged, get involved and be part of this process and realizing that it's a long-term thing. And if you're not called to the long-term work, um, that's okay, but get involved in some way. I'm also hearing um, as you're speaking is that, you know, just like I often will say that inclusion needs to be a mindset, not just a really good idea. Um, and that kind of behavior and that kind of response to our communities needs to be how we are thinking and, and you know, engaging in a mindset, mindset lifestyle way. And I'm hearing that again in this, right? Relief is a good idea, but then development is kind of a mindset. And I think so often we do that in our own lives where we're you know, doing things that are helping us grow forward and staying consistent in those patterns. Um, and then that becomes our mindset and lifestyle. Can you, um, is this a good spot for you to share some of your, um, you know, your best practices in the field that you're doing? Um, can you maybe talk a little bit more about, you know, DML, you mentioned ministry earlier. Can you talk a little bit more about that? I have a very diverse audience and I want to make sure that they understand where you're coming from.
1: Okay. Um, I wonder if I could also just address the, the audiences yet, um, as well. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the ministry that uh, I work in is discipling marketplace leaders and, um, Uh, We are doing this ministry uh, as a way to equip the local church uh, to help people, adult members in the church recognize that work is to be an act of worship. Now, how did we arrive at this is the audiences. And actually what it does is it gets back to the fact that as we do any type of sustainability uh, or sustainable development work, we need to recognize that we're always working in a system, right? You can never affect just one thing. There are ripples that go out. Correct. And so the work that I started in West Africa was business development. And I did that for seven years um, in a number of different countries. And that was great. We were seeing businesses grow. uh, We were seeing jobs being created. uh, But you recognize that businesses are part of a system. And Mm -hmm. as we are looking to have an impact on businesses, uh, I I began to realize that uh, we were not necessarily helping people to do their business as a mission. Uh, to the glory of God for the long term, because okay. once they left our training, uh, they went back. The church was not engaged. Uh, they went back to doing uh, hopefully business as a mission for a while. Yeah. But without that continued discipleship, without the backing of the church, very soon the pressure of the world to do, is to do business as usual. Sure. And we all claim about the huge gap between this, what the CEO makes and the lowest paid worker, right? Okay. Plato, Plato said it should be four times the amount.
0: Hmm. In the world
1: today, it's about 420 times the amount. Oh, of the my word. We all complain about ethics in the workplace and in the marketplace and corruption. And, and yet, sure. what are we as the church doing about it? And so I realized we're part of a system that's beyond, <clears throat> excuse me, business people. And so we were looking at this and saying, okay, we need to be involved in a bigger system. And there's a great story, if I can tell you, a, just a quick story. Please do. A story of, of somebody at an, at an African river uh, the women are all in there washing their clothes and they see a baby floating down the river. And what? There's a baby in the river. And they grab the baby out and the baby's alive and they take care of it. The next day, there's two babies floating down the river. What? This is terrible. They grab the two babies out and, and the next day, three and then, and then four. And so on. Soon they're building an orphanage and a hospital and nobody's asking the question, what's happening up river that all these babies <laughs> are entering? Where are these babies coming from? <laughs> And so sometimes we look at the marketplace and we say there's, there's so much corruption and badness. And, and I've had pastors tell me um, when people give their lives to Christ, they need to leave the marketplace uh, and go into evangelism or go mm. into the ministry. And what we do is we leave more darkness. And so yeah. if we want to have an impact on the system, we have to engage the system. And so yeah. he then said uh, we have to engage churches uh, to be part of that. But then we couldn't stop there. Because we realize that um, government and education are both systems that are, their main focus is to help people to flourish, right, to be able to do their business. So government should create roads and, and create um, utility systems. Mm-hmm. Education should equip us so that we can do the work that, that we have talents and gifts to do. And so for DML, for Discipling Marketplace Leaders, we began realizing we can't just address one thing. We have to look at the whole picture. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that is really where our audience is. And so we are are working with business people, small, medium, large businesses. We are working with churches and, and church leaders to help them understand the importance of discipling business people. And then we are also looking at formal education at seminaries and universities to also say we need to be teaching church leaders about the god of business that god created us genesis one and two god created us to work yeah he created us to do this in a way that glorifies him uh to use the resources that we've been given but also to protect those resources for for the future so so that is um those are some of the the audiences that we address
0: You know, that's really helpful to hear that, because in my own personal story, as you know, um, for years, I was very involved as a high-capacity leader within the context of our church, and I really enjoyed it. I thrived. I grew a ton, but it seemed like there was something missing in that space, and so as my story evolved and developed, um, I eventually started my business, SEMA Global Consulting, and I was actually challenged by some people, like, why would you want to leave the church? Why do you want to leave ministry? And I thought, I'm not leaving ministry. I just get to be more of who I am and engage with folks that don't know um, Christ or don't know Jesus and you know, want to be loved and want to be encouraged and want to be supported. And why not live into the, my strengths and my gifts and definitely calling? And my path had changed and my calling is now in the business arena. And I gotta be honest, I have met some incredible people out here, if you will, (laughs) um, doing this work and just engaging in spaces and places where um, it's so fun to see how God shows up in those conversations and in those relationships. But even for my own personal life to say, uh, I'm realizing more and more the value of having a faith and how my faith has grown so much more by the investments I'm making in my business communities, and in the relationships. So it's not like I've left the church. So for those of you who are wondering, I'm still very much actively loving Jesus and learning to love others in this process. Um, But it's definitely been um, a great learning curve. So I appreciate your work with DML and, you know, helping and encouraging, empowering.
1: Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that we talk about is the church gathered. Okay. um, and the church scattered ah yes and so the church gathers on a sunday and and that's where we where where we are equipped and where we remember that uh, god Ooh. has called us to this and and we are sent out and we are scattered the rest of the week and uh and i think that the church scattered of course has so much more access to people than a pastor ever or than sure. a would, or that this would a, it's a natural environment and And one of the things we say is, um, you know, the destruction of evangelism is actually the creating of an evangelism program, Sure. Uh, because when we want to reach people um, and we do it as a program, people know that. But life on life evangelism, as we do our work as an act of worship, people get curious about that when you have great human resource policies that that treat people like the assets that they are, as opposed Absolutely. to a cost of, of business. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, people recognize that when when you do things ethically, there it's a different way of doing business, and so uh, that's really what we want to be able to look at. Um, you asked about some best practices. Yes, so do obviously, t- doing um, uh, doing development work with uh, ABCD is is a best practice. Making sure that you are assessing and doing the research and and do looking at impact is important. But one of the best things that I've come across is um, is what we call the the four C's. I think that the people uh, who do the best work in terms of, of sustainable development do it with four C's in mind. And so I'll tell you what those four C's are. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is compassion. As we do sustainable development and we think about the Good Samaritan, if, if we're familiar with that parable, um, the Good Samaritan um, had compassion for the person who uh, had been injured on, on the road. Um, and so, as we do sustainable development, we need to have compassion. The second C is capacity. Um, we cannot, a lot of times we have compassion and we're frustrated because we can't do enough with it. What? And so, we need capacity. Where does capacity come from? And a lot of times people will say government. Well, mm-hmm. where does government get their capacity? They get it from business people, from taxes. Yeah. Um, some people will say the church has capacity. Where does the church get their capacity? They get it from offerings, which come from business people. So business people are really the source of capacity. Mm-hmm. And so we need to balance our compassion with our capacity. Sometimes we have capacity, but we lack compassion. Oh, ouch. Everybody, everybody should pull themselves up by their own bootstraps, not forgetting it. Some people don't have boots. Right. Um, and so what, there needs to be both of those things. The third thing, though, is competence. The third C is competence. So compassion, capacity, and competence. A lot of people want to help. A lot of people want to do good things, uh, but we lack the competence in how Mm -hmm. to do it effectively so that it is um, not paternalistic, so that it does encourage independence, um, and and so that it can be sustainable after you leave. Uh, The last C is courage. Um, And so to do This work that we're talking about to have compassion, capacity, competence takes courage because what you're saying, if you think back to the quote that I gave you at the beginning, it says, at the end, when the work is done, the people will say, we have done it ourselves.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And that's a little risky. I mean, we want to be able to say, look what I have done. Uh, Look at these people who have benefited because of me. And we're saying, no, the goal is to work yourself out of a job as well as that they, that they say at the end of the time, we did it ourselves. Mm. And so I think that those are the best practices for somebody engaged in sustainable development, that they keep those four C's in mind. You need to continue to have compassion. You have to have capacity. That means that you have to be able to build that capacity somehow. Uh, you need to do it with confidence and you need to have courage.
0: Mm, That's great. And then to tie that back with our faith model, right? That it's Christ that gives us that compassion. We can't do it in our flesh alone. And it's actually deeper than liking something or liking somebody. It's compassion. It's right from the heart. It's squeezing that heart out and letting pour out what the passion is for um, that situation or those people, if you will, that are different than us or need um, help with this, any kind of model, right? Right. Um, So, you know, I love that model, 4C, something easy to learn, easy to understand, feels fairly easy to implement if, you know, we're called to that and we have a sense of what does that look like in our situations? Um, in terms of competence, would you be willing to give me a list of a short list of resources that we can put up on our blog site for folks to kind of maybe refer to, so that they can grow in their competence around uh, the work, around the communities that they might want to serve in and work with, and you know, what were some of the resources that you might have been
1: able to use, um, so that they can kind of also glean from that? Sure. Yeah. I'm very happy to share that. And, you know, some of the best work now, and it's really gained momentum, which is good is, is this whole idea of, of helping that hurts. Oh, sure. Uh, and, and understanding our own motivation in, in compassion. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it can look like compassion, but it's actually trying to build self-confidence. Ooh. Uh, sometimes it's, it looks like compassion, but we're trying to, to, to figure out our own salvation. Yeah. Um, and so, really understanding our motivations is, is very important. So yeah, I'd be happy to, to share that. That yeah, because I think
0: that would help our readers, our listeners, um, kind of discover for themselves, are they competent for something? Do they have the compassion, even capacity, and how might they engage in these ways? Um, yep. So you'll be able to find those links at my blog site. So be sure and check that out. And before we wrap up here in a couple minutes, um. You know, challenges, don't we all love that other force, fourth or fifth C, right? The challenges. And um, what are some of the challenges that you faced in this work, either personally or professionally, as you've been walking through this journey over the last several years?
1: Yeah, so there are a lot. And and some of them I've mentioned already um, mm-hmm. in terms of the ability to to really put yourself in the place of the person that you're seeking to, to help, that okay. you're seeking to do the sustainable development with. Um, but so I won't go into that one more in terms of global, um, uh, sustainable development, we really need to get better at working together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have these great sustainable development goals that the UN has put out and, and the church is pretty absent from the table. Um, millennium development goals, businesses were absent. All that were at the table were governments. sustainable mm-hmm. development goals are, are much broader. Um, a lot more people are at the table and, and that's, and they're for all countries to work on. Uh, so those are some things globally that we can look to and figure out how can we work together. Um, it's so, when we all are trying to recreate the wheel and to do things um, on our own, uh, in part, again, that, that comes to that humility, right? The, yeah. Uh, uh, having the courage to, to lay down your own power or influence to be able to work with others is, is oh, critically yeah. important if we want to see a global difference.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but some of the other major challenges, of course, are are the fluctuations that, that happen in so many countries where we're working, uh, in terms of conflicts, um, in terms of, of uh, currency fluctuations, uh, in terms of some cultural issues that are barriers for people to flourish? Sure. Um, and understanding what those are and taking the time to really um, have a be able to understand the mindsets and and what goes behind some of those, uh, but then but then being able to help to talk to people. Um, in a way that gives them choices so that they can flourish uh, and still respect the culture and the boundaries and things like that. Yeah. Uh, Those are things that people that's where, you know, again, that quote, you got to live there for, for several years, maybe you need to, to really be able to understand what's going on to, to have a respect uh, for those challenges. Uh, And if you're within society and wanting to make that change, you know, it'll take a lot of courage to speak up against some of the, the things that are difficult and embracing those that are great and so Mm -hmm. we always say going back to a biblical worldview uh, what does the bible say is more important than what the culture says uh so let's let's appreciate where the culture lines up with the biblical worldview and be willing to challenge those things that Mm. that are harmful um good stuff and then for us for our particular work you know it's the challenge of doing church differently uh the challenge of of saying that uh, we are ministers in the marketplace and that all spiritual authority does not lie just with the pastor uh, but it lies with every person. We are all prophet, priests, and kings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are all to be ambassadors uh, So for Christ. And so that's something that that uh, the church needs to be willing to accept and people need to be willing to accept. Just because I go to seminary or don't go to seminary doesn't mean I can't be an ambassador. I can't sure. be a, a saint and, and a priest with my, my business being my parish, how I love people in that place. Wow. some some of the challenges that Yeah, I
0: definitely second that. I think that's really important for individuals to realize that they can be part of the solution and not just sit around waiting for someone else to give them that instruction in that direction. Um, That's really awesome. Wow. As my listeners can hear, you can see why Renita has been such an incredible influencer in my life and um, just such an encourager as well. A woman of compassion, a woman of really a big heart to want to see people develop and grow and, and, uh, you know, be really empowered and equipped for the long haul for the long term work. Um, So is there a way that people can get more involved in this process of global sustainability? Or how can they maybe if they can't get on a plane and go somewhere to do this, um, you know, kind of, could you give them some encouragement of how they can then get involved? But then also, um, I just I was thinking a minute ago to think about to ask you about have your challenges. Maybe you want to answer this one first. How do, have your challenges been exacerbated as a result of the pandemic?
1: Actually, the pandemic has been helpful um, for our our ministry for our teams. We have teams in ten different countries and. Um, Normally, I can only con- travel to one country at a time. Sure. Um, and uh, uh, but now we've been able to have uh, through Zoom and and, and uh, virtual platforms, all of our teams have been yeah. coming together, and our community has grown oh. so significantly. And uh, we are finding our ways into places that we hadn't found before. So we're very thankful for that. Sure. Um, but yeah, you know, it, one of the things that we encourage people to do is to recognize that that. Um, you're not called just to do good to some people. Um, you're not called to, uh, you know, to participate if, if you're involved in a faith system, it, just when you are in the building. Sure. Uh, but it's a, a life calling. Mm-hmm. And so you can recognize every day that uh, your work today is an act of worship to God and you do it for God and as well, instead of for man, it, it really changes your perspective on how you do it. And so I would mm-hmm. encourage people to, to read more about that, to find out more about that. You can go to our website for some of that. But if you're interested in learning more about sustainable development goals, you can, you can find out about that. And, and it's so broad. It talks about how to care for creation. It talks about how to create jobs. It talks about how to get involved in, in, in uh, death, um, infant mortality, lowering that rate, and, and all different things where so many people have different areas. And so there's a way to get involved and to encourage your business to get involved, to encourage your church to get involved, to ensure, encourage your community to get involved sometimes Mm -hmm. I think it's a lack of awareness that we don't know all what's going on. And so I would encourage people to check some of those sites out as well, Uh, but start at home. Start with yourself, start with tomorrow, start with today. Mm -hmm. Um, How can I change my attitude from doing work just for money to do my work to help people flourish?
0: Yeah, that's great. Good words. And if I could add to that, surround yourself with people who are passionate in the same way. And, you know, it's iron sharpens iron and people are able to be encouraged with one another and, as you have greatly encouraged us today, um, any closing comments you'd like to have before we wrap up here?
1: No, I just appreciate what you're doing, Kenita. and I, I'm thankful for SEMA Global and and for how you are continuing to get this message out. And uh, uh, we uh, want to encourage you as well, and and uh, thank God for for how you are uh, fulfilling this opportunity for others to learn about sustainable development.
0: Well, thank you so much for the opportunity to have you on our podcast today. I've really encouraged. And even as SEMA Global relocates to India, we are very excited to continue to partner with you, Renita, to help us kind of navigate those waters as well. So um, again, to my listeners, thank you for joining us today. Please head over to the blog site at semaglobalconsulting.com and you'll be able to find the quote that Renita shared earlier, along with a list of resources that you might be able to look into so that you can grow in your competency around this topic of sustainability and um, become more part of the solution in your neighborhood, in your communities, in your relationships, in your workspace and um, learn to work together. So here's to growing forward together as we all learn to work together in the various areas that we're in, and I hope you have a blessed day. Thanks again for joining us. Take care.